0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all the ships at sea, lovers, muggers, and thieves. Welcome to the Boston Podcast. My name is Dave. If you like our show, please subscribe, follow the show if you will on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your pods. And if you want your own podcast, Go to pod617.com to get started. It's what we do. It's a great way to connect with your network. We specialize in creating radio quality, just wicked good podcasts for promoting your business, service, practice, what have you. And uh, speaking of practice, we have someone here who doesn't need to practice anymore because she's so good at what she does. How's that for a segue? Yes. It's only 10 a.m. Kate Stallings is with us. She she is the CEO, proprietor, founder of Kate creative media. Do I have that right? Kate?
1: That is correct. And thank you so much for having me on this morning.
0: All right. We're going to, the studio audience is on its feet. So what you do is modern web. um, Now I'm just being lazy and reading from your website, but modern web design, reliable maintenance and creative marketing campaigns. So, you help companies, people, professionals with their web design and their whole marketing package. Let me ask you this, what what is it that people misunderstand most about marketing?
1: I think it's the patience it takes to really create a brand and a strategy. I think most people come to us and they say, they want to be on Facebook. They want to get ads out there. They want to do all these things, but there's no real end goal that they're looking for. I think a lot of people just kind of compete with, well, if they're doing it, I should be doing it, but no real clear strategy. So that's when we'd love to meet with people, review their website first with them, and then make sure is what can we do within 90 days? What should they expect within 90 days? And then they can really be off the races running and then know that that platform is going to be working for them. Kind of while they're sleeping while they're working while they're networking while they're podcasting anything they do it's working for them and they have a team that that can help them with that
0: excellent answer and i think that's right i think people there is that in the market that people say well hey they have a blog we should have a blog when blogs came along right and even Perish the Thought podcast, there are so many of them now people think I have to have a podcast, maybe without a plan. And speaking of a bad plan, I forgot to introduce my Mm co-host, Paula Constance is is also here. And uh, Paula, how is your Friday going so far?
2: So far, so good. It's a beautiful, hot day. Summer, it feels like summer's here. So I think it's a great way, great time in the morning to start a podcast (laughs) about all kinds of things related to... Marketing and getting things going. Absolutely. I agree. The the, the coffee
1: is in our bloodstream and it's helping us.
0: Yeah. Not enough for me. I'm S I'm working on cup number two and, um, cup number one didn't go so well. Cause you know why I put it, I use a Keurig machine and I usually put it into a Yeti, not the microphone that Kate is using today, but the, (laughs) the, the thermos like beverage holder. And instead I put it into a regular mug. It got cold so quickly. And there's nothing worse than that. How do you keep mm. how do you keep your coffee warm, Kate? Do you drink it quickly? <laughs> and even if you burn your mouth, it's probably worth it because come on. Yeah. So give us an example of a mistake people make when it comes to let's start with websites. Like I want yeah. like can can you do you sometimes look at a website and go, oh my god, why did they do that? Tell me about that. Yeah,
1: there's there's one that comes to mind. I was just talking about this to someone else this week, which is when clients do the DIY strategy, do it yourself. That's totally fine. I did that. The amount of times I've redone my website is crazy, but I understand people get marketed really quickly to Wix, Squarespace, Weebly, Shopify, all those are great platforms but you need to know how to work within those platforms. So they're marketed, they see some stuff on Facebook or Google ads, and they say how to build a website myself. For the most part, it's fairly easy. And that's why I say is if you wanna take that approach, go for it, learn how to kind of work within the confines of what a theme is and, and how to kind of modernize your website. But most companies, again, don't have that clear plan of what they're looking for in terms of a a design and messaging. So they quickly put, plug in a theme, whether they pay for one or one's already in Wix for them or Squarespace, Mm. and then they go live with it. And then nine roll forward 90 days, they say, I don't like my website anymore. I I want it to look like Nike's website, or I want it to look like this website. Well, you built it in the wrong platform that you've really already hit your ceiling within the first 90 days of building the site. So people come back to us and say, can you revamp my website? And is it possible to stay within the platform that we already have it in? Sometimes it's a yes and we can tweak things, but most times it's that's bringing you into a platform that's really going to be a modern vehicle for you to move forward in that Since doing this for almost uh, seven years now, we've never had a company come to us and say, we need to rebuild the site. So it's something that every time we build, it's evergreen, it's working for you, it's modern. It can really ebb and flow with your market and the economy and everything you're doing with the services. So those people who are doing it, that strategy, they tend to miss out on a lot of things, such as the SEO, the branding, the messaging. And as business owners, right, we always love to put how wonderful we are online and we want everyone to know about us but that really doesn't speak to the potential buyer as much as we think it does. They want to see what makes you credible, what, what makes you unique and authentic. And that sometimes is not carried through if you're just doing it quickly on the weekend. But, you know, definitely go for it. If you if you have a kind of a creative mind, I tell people go for it all the time. And then maybe within the next year, let's get you into a more modern vehicle that's going to work kind of better for, for your business as you scale.
0: So I'll put my own company on the line for a moment. So if you go to pod617.com, oh look, I'm able to talk about it and plug it on the show. It's a double, double use today. The first thing you see, I think, when you go to our site is the sort of tagline slogan, what have you. It says, want your own podcast? We hear you. Professional podcast production from start to finish. Because that's what we do. We want to make sure people know what we do and it's not like something different. Right? So tell me what, what should the first, first impressions, are they important? And what should the consumer sort of get right away when they look at a good website?
1: Sure. It, and that kind of depends on where they're coming from. So if someone, if I am having a great experience here, if I referred someone else over and said, you got to talk to Dave and Paula, they're absolutely amazing. Here's what I found about them. They're going to be taking those kind of kind of keywords, so to speak, in, in mind, and they're going to say, okay, let me look them up online. And that first impression with your industry, I like your background. I like your, you know, you have a professional microphone, having that carry over through every single platform of social media to your website, to how they find you online. is super important. And just having that consistent everywhere they go, it's the same experience, same high quality experience. You can kind of change the confines of where, which platform you're working in to make it most beneficial and effective for you. But those those key points of making it as, as notable when you first go on a website is absolutely essential. That's why landing pages, those one pages that people go to that really don't even have a menu bar, they just are some, they're pretty much trying to sell you either a book, a service, get a free estimate. Those pages work so well because they really take into account that people don't have time. People just want the instant information, and they want to move on, and then contact you or not contact you. So a lot of people, again, when you're using a theme, it's kind of just for your purpose of making sure that you know it looks good for kind of the business owner, but it might not. Again, it might not kind of communicate your style and and your uh, authentic how authentic you are to kind of that person. So there's a lot you can do within those first kind of five to 10 seconds but most times people depending on the generation aren't spending as much time kind of shifting through information so if you can hit them really good with i again i say a landing page or something that's more concise that's a great place to start with to then have them reach out to you because if it's not you think it is which is a great test for the listeners if you think my website's great everyone's following up with me everyone loves the site Take a look at the analytics and that, and see what that comes in. Because sometimes people are spending what you think is thirty seconds, but really they're spending five, and they're mm. moving on. Mm. So, I always say is that the the analytics will, will never will never fail you to look into that and see what what's working, and then you can kind of tweak some things as you go to to tip that needle in the direction you're looking for, and then hopefully get a kind of greater ROI from the site.
0: Is a call to action important? In other words. I want people to do something before they leave after that five seconds.
1: Absolutely. And especially on mobile phones, that's where everyone uh, is probably searching. I'd say 50, 60% of the time nowadays, especially (laughs) now that we're going in person to dentist events, dentist appointments, doctor's appointments. I don't know about you, but I'm on my phone all the time looking at things and on Facebook and someone's recommended something. So Having those call to actions are super important because, again, I don't want to shift through so much content that I get buried in what I'm looking at. Uh, I would want to make sure that we did this for a plumber where uh, on the mobile phone, it really wasn't that much content. It was just three sections of do you need residential, commercial, or just 24-7 plumbing services. Hmm. So on the phone, is really wasn't anything really to say, hi, we're so wonderful and amazing, and here's the about us and we're family-owned and all that wonderful stuff that they'll soon find out about you. What we did was, and the ROI on this and and, um, retention was huge, which is we just did call to actions on mobile and then ran ads. And that skyrocketed. People, when they're in need of something, they don't want to shift through a lot of information. They want to go through and quickly get a plumber if, you know, say it's Christmas Eve and and your toilet's not working. We found that those industries are someone who needs a little bit more of a streamlined Kind of a call to action and directory something more another industry might be might have a longer kind of customer journey and that's maybe to be expected for for those folks
0: yeah when you're standing ankle deep in toilet water you don't want to be sifting not through, fun you no don't i've be not sifting. been
1: there thankfully but i know <laughs> some good plumbers who could help me out
0: <laughs> yeah you don't want to be sifting through the history and vision of the plumbing outfit you want to know where can i get in touch with you like now So Paula, my ESP tells me you have a question. Do you have a question?
2: I do have a question. So I liked what you said about style, how communicating their style. So can you give us an example of what that translates to, translates to like a design? I want to know, like, I like the idea of style. When you said it, I kept thinking about it. I'm like, wow, that is cool. So is that like their brand identity?
1: Are you tying that all in? Absolutely. So we have a, a roofer in, in Tampa that we're working with here. And he had shown some websites that he wants uh, us to kind of emulate and kind of take into some a- assets that are in the site. And it, it was big and bulky and right in your face. And I loved it. It was like, this is really modern. This is this is really like Floridian. I love it. And then you got some people who we, we just did a website for who was a, a counseling business. It was an all-female counseling business and they all are um, wonderful. They're very... I don't mean this in a bad way. They're very soft-spoken. They're very kind. They're people who I know are going to do absolutely well in the industry because they are so easily approachable, but you know, you got to do the, the, you know, that balance of what you want when that person comes to the website. So more white space, more call to actions, maybe some, some, some small textures behind the the photos of kind of laying out that groundwork of a calming, more Zen feeling versus the other guy of saying, yeah, we, you know, we do roofing and we love roofing and here's why we're awesome. And both are, are great. Both get, you know, huge traction. It's all about who's kind of the, the buyer. It might be for the roofer, it might be more the, the you know, husband and the family that's looking at, hey, I found a roofer online or uh, Ben's company is absolutely amazing. We've got to call him. And then they look at the website and say, yeah, Ben Ben is absolutely fantastic. He's, you know, his website emulates everything we were just talking about. And then the counseling site is, and I can definitely share those with you after we're, after we're off today of what those two look like, because they are so night and day and they both are, we showed them to the clients and they, they both love both sides. So it's fun with style. And I, I get to know people based off a conversation and our kickoff call. I get to know people pretty well. And if if you're if I'm in the state or if I'm, you know, traveling, I love to come meet people. I want to get to know what do you like to do on the weekends? Are you a golfer? Are you a boater? Are you someone who's do you volunteer your time? Are you part of the chamber? I love to get to know people because it really adds to the whole approach of of who you are and and making sure when someone, because you you can make yourself sound a big, a huge agency online, but as soon as someone gets to meet you, that needs to make sure that's a little bit dovetailed into how they meet you for the first time. And some people think that they're meeting kind of a bigger company than than they expect or a smaller company than they expected. So I like to meet people, get their style. If they have a vision board, we use that and really help them dive into everything that we can do together with that website and, and getting them that brand as well
0: you work with are you industry agnostic because it seems like you work with all kinds of companies
1: we do mostly we focus in with trades and kitchen and bathroom modeler individuals we have worked with companies that are division of public companies we've worked with foundations organizations a lot of law offices um we can work with with anyone a lot of startups but it's been mostly we get a lot of landscapers contractors trades and and those folks who are installers or big appliance companies or, or retail companies manufacturing companies so there we've even done some stuff for people in the cbd industry and in cannabis which has been super fun because i've got to learn a lot about how that's working in massachusetts and there's a lot of laws you have to follow in terms of marketing and it's not just as clear road of marketing you have to be very careful of what you can do that would be a whole nother podcast mm. about the do's and don'ts of that there's a lot of, there's a lot of fun stuff out there. So when someone comes to us, the answer is usually, yes, we can help unless there's something that they're just starting up. They're getting paperwork or something like that, but we can work with, with every, every industry.
0: Yeah. The, the cannabis industry continues to grow like a weed. Oh, you see what I did there. Wow. (laughs) It's, it's still not noon yet. Apologize for the bad humor. I'm still warming up, but so let's say I am a, a lawyer and I'm an employment lawyer. And I represent plaintiffs who are suing their former employers for bad stuff. And I leave my law firm and I set up my own firm and I'm taking like three lawyers with me. And then we're going to have like three other support staff. So I got a small firm, but I'm really enthusiastic about this. We're going to be the best boutique employment law firm in Massachusetts and come to you and don't have anything. And now Mm -hmm. and the person is saying, you know what? I, I, don't even know where to begin. I mean, I could, uh, like, off the top of my head, I can think of like five different things you might be able to help them with website, newsletter, blog, podcast, video content. Right there. Everybody's, it seems like everybody's doing all five of those things. So, how can I possibly do all five? I'm just trying to set up my office here. So, what's the kind of the first thing you say to them?
1: Absolutely. The first and foremost, the biggest thing I can say is all that is wonderful that you wanna set all that up, but it really depends on where you're setting that up. So we look at the digital landscape of where you're setting your business up meaning your website hosting, your domain, your email, especially for attorneys. You have to make sure that everything that comes in, it's archived. It might be, have to be HIPAA compliant. There's backups with it. There's so many things that most companies just say, yo, we can get you up here and just do this and quick drag drop and then you're done. And okay, here you go. And then call us when you need something. That might be more of a, a freelancer approach, but this is something that most companies, they don't know to ask these questions as to when I'm when the site's live, do I own it? Do I not own it? Do I have to worry about uh, making edits to my site? How do I get into my website? So that's the first conversation we always say: Is what's your domain? Is it available? Is it a premium domain that we need to, you know, contact a hosting company to get you in uh, on a kind of bidding strategy for that? That happens very rarely, but it can happen where you want a certain domain, and I've had people come to me and say, "I want to pay thousand dollars for this domain. Help me buy it." And I'm like. Okay, we could always do the .NET version of that site, but some people love to get a certain domain. We want to make sure that wherever you're hosted, whether it's SiteGround, Flywheel, GoDaddy, one-on-one, whatever it is, that you have full control. Each client has full control as to where they are. And then we look at that kind of as more technical and not as fun, they go, oh, okay, we have to kind of do the, the base work first. We do that for them. The second part is saying now that's getting to the fun part of your website, your blogs, your podcast. You got to talk to Dave about doing your podcast. Let's get in on, on the website there because God forbid everything is set up. And you want to make sure that you know it's for a reason, that everything is insured pretty much. It's almost like life insurance, right? That everything you do in life is for a reason, but God forbid something were to happen, you are insured and you know that where you are online is going to be a, a safe, safe place for you to grow the business.
0: Do you stay on as a consultant after the website is designed? Do you do like continue to do like end stuff? Like, can you be that we person? We do. Yeah.
1: yeah. For bigger clients that have a more like zip files and software and plugins and WooCommerce, and any kind of shopping functionality that I don't think their team, or they've brought to our attention that their team has no interest in managing, that's when we'll say, here's what our plan looks like. We do offer training sessions for companies that might have a, a younger staff, whether it's a, a niece or nephew or son or daughter that wants to say is, Kate, I, I think I can jump in once in a while, once a quarter and update the retail products once in a while. And I say, Absolutely. So we can do a training session with them. We do recorded training sessions. We can do those quarterly with folks, which has been really good for a lot of companies to have that kind of as a database file to make sure that they can then share that with oncoming employees, interns. That that those people, if they come and they they visit and they do the the training, that then they can be able to say, okay, well, this is this was wonderful. I can't maybe I don't want to read go through that entire training again. Let's have John, you know, that they're our newest intern kind of review it together and. And take that. So it's definitely optional. I always tell people it's not required. Of course, we would love a longer term partnership with all of our clients, but it's not something that we're going to force you to say, once you've done something, you need to work with us. No ifs, ands, or buts. We usually like to come on for say, let's try 30 days where we work with you for a little bit of extended time that covers people who have quick edits. You've shown the website to everyone online and they might have a few things they want to get tweaked all that stuff's covered and the next 11 days out of 11 months out of the year, you're, you're, you're covered and maybe you guys can do it in-house.
0: So I'm going to give you an example of why robots might replace all of us. And Mm. I want to hear what you do. (laughs) So there's a site that I was introduced to called Opus clip. They're not a sponsor. Mm. They're not a sponsor of the show, but if you want Opus clip, give me a ring. It's powered by (laughs) chat GPT deals with video. You take a video, you upload it to Opus clip and Opus clip using its artificial intelligence, it it usually takes like 45 minutes. You leave, you come back and there are 10 video, 10 short videos that are captioned, packaged, and given a headline that is designed to attract clicks. So Mm -hmm. I noticed when I used it, a lot of the headlines were like I was doing a clip from a music podcast so like say we were talking about stevie wonder and it prepared this 60 second clip and the headline said the shocking thing you probably don't know about stevie wonder now the thing probably wasn't shocking but right away i knew it was going on there because that's it's designed to it's clickbait, right Mm -hmm. i mean if, if you're if you're bored and you're scrolling through your feed and you see something that says the shocking truth you don't know about stevie wonder You might fall for it and go hey well i like stevie wonder i wonder what i (laughs) don't know about Mm -hmm. so it this is a rambling question but would i guess the first question is any experience with this artificial intelligence and could it replace podcasters and marketing professionals
1: i think most people want to work with human beings so (laughs) i will be optimistic in that and i might be wrong but i think most people want to work with with people and it's one of those things that once it goes after one industry, like photography, for example, that's a really easy one where you can pay. I think I didn't do it, but it, I've seen people pay like seven bucks and it will generate really high quality unless you were to zoom in really, really deep. You might see it's kind of pixelated, but they're into artificial intelligence. Once you've opened up Pandora's box, it's not going away. So I think people like to work with work with people, but those photographers are already kind of getting hit a lot it's going to come into every industry. So I think photography might be kind of a hot take, but it's been something that has been kind of not on the decline, but it's been something where a lot of people have been coming into the industry and it needed, it, it needs some kind of modern kind of adaptation to it a little bit. That's when drone photography started to come in and people started to make themselves a little bit more um, cutting edge with drone and GoPros and all that stuff. So I think it's going to push a lot of us to adapt um, to new things. I think it's going to have us work with a lot of new technology, which we can produce better content, more content. I don't think that's a bad thing. But I also think that in terms of SEO for ChatGPT, Google is now going to probably start to look at pattern recognition of words on, on your SEO blogs because if you want to type in, Best DIY style for home renovations, and why, if you want to do it yourself, here's how to do it, or here's what a hire, uh, you know, interior designer to do it. And say we have an interior designer who is a customer of ours, they could write a huge, type that in, and then get a really well written uh, blog for them. Mm. So, this is something that Google is starting. Google doesn't own ChatGPT. They own uh, BARD, which is now going to be a competitor to ChatGPT. So the kind of question now comes for into people in my industry is, is using ChatGPT going to hurt your SEO, your search engine optimization? Because Google is just so smart that it knows that you're just plugging and playing and not using, and then now you're producing spammy content and not quality content for their for their viewers. So there's kind of three methods right now, three kind of ideologies that they have, which is viewpoints that they have, which is one, it won't be detected and there's no way they can detect it. And so you're fine. The other one is, is that they can be detected. And of course you will be downgraded or, or kind of your SEO will be hurt by that. The third viewpoint, which I find the most interesting thing that people are saying, is that it can be detected, but as long as it's good con good content, you won't be affected by it. Mm. Which is which I I I go to more viewpoint three on that because is as long as it's good content, which is what everyone wants. I think that no one wants to go to a site and that is not what they were looking for. So, and it was really a boring site. So people are going to bounce right off, of course. So I'm more in camp three where it's that view viewer point. But again, it's going to be so hard to not use some AI. So mm. what I do for it is I, I put kind of more video templates together or more. Like I, I have it write like a script for me. Like if it's really good at writing a script or doing really in-depth research on something, I'll take that and it'll probably give me... 85, 90% of what I'm looking for. But then if I take that script and maybe put it into a, a bigger production or a TikTok or a YouTube video or something like that, it might for me, it might spin the wheels to give me more ideas that I can write down and then produce more content that right. way. So I think it's coming into every every aspect that we can that we that really every every corner of every industry. It's just something that for those that don't adapt to it. And I guess we'll have to 2020 was a big ad, you know, adaptation period. And now they're even pushing it even more. That's kind of where, where we are in the industry. So a lot of companies use it. There's nothing wrong with using it, but I think that just knowing that you can also produce just more, more content and just have better, better data points is something just to keep in mind for a lot of people. So we'll, we'll see where it comes. I mean, I, 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 I follow Elon Musk. I follow all the big people who, who say, Hey, maybe we should slow this down a little bit, which I am not opposed to. You, you just can't keep up with everything. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. people are in a race right now. The biggest companies in the world are in a race right now, not for anything else, not for oil or really you know, all the other things that we thought were as important it's for AI. That's it, where everyone who's going to make a billions of dollars is going to be. You thought it was real estate. Now it's all AI. You can do for everything now, yeah. you
0: want with AI. Well. I think you have a healthy attitude towards it. And that is that I think some marketing professionals might say, well, you can't replace the human touch of what I do. So why are we even talking about this? But you're saying now this, this thing is a train coming down the tracks. It's already on the track. It's already here. It's already in the station. So you, you, so use it in smart ways, but I want to clarify something cause I didn't know this. So if I heard you, right, Google has, or is developing a competitor to chat GPT? Yeah. Yep. It's called okay. Bard and it's Bard. Okay. in
1: beta still. So it's so, something that it's going to be similar in like a chat box feature. Mm-hmm. I mean, chat GPT is still free. And again, I'll, I'll kind of plug and play into it and just kind of maybe a, an interesting email that I need to put together. I'll just have it write, like, uh, write a friendly email about, thanks for coming to my webinar. And here's what, I hope you took uh, this away from it or something. Write a friendly or heartfelt email to this and it will just boom right in on out. And I can take components of that, but it's hard to kind of copy and paste everything because it's it's just it's taking from like the last couple years of data points. Which the more you give it, the more people use it, the smarter it's going to get.
0: So, so but but Google we're
1: like feeding it every day.
0: Yeah. So if Google has interest in people using this Bard, and maybe there's going to be a paid version. I don't know. I -hmm. I believe there is a paid version of Chat GPT. Um, So they've got a huge conflict of interest either that or or they've just got they're in a position to just kill it because if their robot is going to help you write stuff that makes it google searchable then why wouldn't you use it right mm-hmm. uh, it's but it's like we make the rules and now we're giving you a tool that'll help you f- follow the rules it I, I, can't, I, I can't decide if there's something unfair about that or not. I don't know. It, mm-hmm. I mean, and maybe that's what you were getting at, Kate. Is
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and it's, again, it, the train is already here. And I think this is the first that we're seeing a lot of companies actually adapt to it in every industry. But we will see. Anxious to see what happens. It feels like it's been a never-ending, quick, everyone got to adapt every single month. We got to do this. We got to do this. Then TikTok came out. Then this came out. Then this came out. And I'm like, sometimes it's just better just to go. And that's why my clients is just hold on. That's just, they come to us. I want to do all this stuff. We got to get on this. We got to do YouTube shorts. We got. Right. It's like, okay, well, where's that content coming from? Where are we leading people to? What's the purpose of that? Yep. Do you want to get monetized on those platforms? We can do that. But again, it's that strategy and most people, and I do it too, sometimes, especially when I am starting is you run your tires so much and then you get tired, nothing's been done. Yeah. And you, I have this big idea. I got to do it. Got to do it. And then you're like, okay, well, continue to run your business. Don't do not not run the business. Make sure you still have um, everyone working for you and everyone's happy. And then sometimes I just tell people, let especially if they're sm- smaller, let the bigger companies that are kind of the middle area, let them kind of take it first, see what they do right or wrong, and then just kind of do a smarter strategy. Plenty of companies do that, where let the bigger companies, like whether it's a big, big company, like someone like Disney or HBO, kind of see what they're doing or kind of a, a company that's maybe a 10, $20 million company and see what they're doing. If they're a, a million dollar company mm. and wait, wait for a guy, 10, 10 times the size, play around with it. And then we can kind of see what their data looks like, um, in certain ways. I mean, we're not going to steal their data, but we can see what their success looks like and what, how they do it and yeah. just kind of program it a little bit better, you know, work, work smarter, not harder.
0: I can see artificial intelligence coming in something like I'll give you an example from your world say you have uh, a plumber that that is uh she's starting her plumbing business and her name's Wendy the plumber that's got a kind of Mm -hmm. ring to it that might be a good good name I'm gonna buy that domain okay yeah why not Mm -hmm. Wendy the plumber and so Wendy says to herself I want a logo and I want it to be me standing on top of one of my vans, I want, it, but I want it to be like sort of animated and, and look like a cartoon. And I've got long curly red hair and I want to be standing in my plumber uniform holding like a plunger in my hand, raising it triumphantly to the sky. So if she wants to create that logo, there are logo companies you can go on and pay maybe as little as a hundred bucks to get something like that. It's probably not gonna be great. You probably have to pay more to get a great one. You could hire an an animator to actually hand draw it. That'll probably set you back a little bit. You could go to an AI engine and describe exactly what you wanted to create and you'll probably have some pretty good luck. I don't wanna put animators out of business, but I can imagine that's, that's, and, and that logo becomes hers and she knows she's not violating anybody's copyright. She didn't go on and, and cut and paste some image mm. that she tweaked and it turns out it's somebody else owns it. That, mm-hmm. That's what's exciting about it to me. And, and then it's, it's great for kind of idle stuff, like come up with a good list of questions for a marketing professional. This, I, this isn't Dave talking, by the way, this is a robot. So this whole episode <laughs> has just been Dave the robot. No.
1: What's kind of interesting is, i and speaking of going that, that route of AI, is I've had a few clients recently come to me and say, we I, I literally typed in exactly what I was interested in, the assets of what I wanted, like a window, a plunger, a this or that, a yeah. you know, photo of me, whatever. And it created it. And what it came back with was imp- impressive. It, but it wasn't something where I was like, I don't know. This is like your official, like what you want. I think it's a good starting point. I think it's yep. something where if you want to use it and then go to a designer and say, here's kind of what I'm thinking. This is probably maybe 50% there. Now add in the better typography, mm-hmm. better yep. shading, better all this other stuff. Because I saw it and I was like, that's not bad. It's like AI <laughs> is like a 13-year-old right now, a super smart 13-year-old that you just got to kind of wrangle a little bit and say, okay, you can do this, but then stay within these kind of play area and of course it doesn't want to do that. It's going to want to absorb all this information and play with all the toys and do everything. But it's not going to be that end all be all solution. So people are using it. But the more people I'm talking about with trademark attorneys and certain colors you can and cannot use is before you start to build a company, some some people build a company really quickly in a couple of years and all of a sudden they're getting so much notoriety and their logos are everywhere. And I've had, I've seen some bad things where this happened, hasn't happened with any of our clients, but they get so big and all of a sudden they couldn't use a certain font. That font was there. The name of the company was really close. This happens a lot in the trades. The name of the company is super close to another company and they do something kind of similar. So you can, again, you can do that and that, that no one's going to slap you on the wrist to begin with. But I think it's something for people who are in this camp right now, use it, but- but kind of just bring it on to someone else, whether you want to go to Fiverr or Upwork or wherever the the other methods are, go there and say, here's what I'm thinking. And then you'll be surprised even with a hundred bucks, see what they come back with and be like, wow, that, and then even if you spend a hundred bucks and then it's still not what you want, then go maybe to a designer. And I don't know what the cost of those, those things are at this point, but you know, again, maybe it's it just saves you so much more time to go to them with a better idea than just saying, well, I want something to pop. Right. I want something just to right. look good. You can just say, well, here's, here's what it looks like. But I mean, maybe it's something cool for people to generate like tattoo designs. That might be, and that's what I thought of when, when I had some people show me, I said, Oh, is that a tattoo? And they were like, no, 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 it's my logo. And I said, Oh, yeah, it's got a lot going on. I, I don't know what I'm looking at, but it's cool.
0: That's a good idea. I mean, I'm in the market for a new tattoo. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't know. I like mine to be really specific. Anyway, we're up against the clock here a little bit. Paula, do you have anything else for Kate before we move along?
2: I'm getting ready for good stuff. Okay. As we've been talking about AI, I completely am low. Uh, you got something? Changed what I was going to say. Okay. So looking oh. forward to the good stuff.
0: We are going to play a round of good stuff where Kate and Paula, and I will recommend something good that might brighten your day. By the way, again, it's Kate Stallings, katecreativemedia.com, katecreativemedia.com. Is that the best way for people to get in touch with you, Kate?
1: That is.
0: Yes. Okay. All right. We're going to play around a good stuff, as I said. But before we get there, let me take one minute to remind you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. It's pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network. We create shows for professionals or just people who want to do it because it's fun, because podcasting is fun. Are we having fun today, guys? I'm Yay. having fun. Having fun. <clears throat> I'm having so much fun. I'm I'm joking. So go to pod617.com to get started. A podcast is a great way to connect with your audience, whether you're a professional entrepreneur, what have you, your guests can be clients, prospective clients, people you just want to hobnob, hobnob with. They'll be uh, amazed at the quality product that we put out when they join you on your show, pod617.com. In pod, we trust. All right, let's play around to good stuff. Oh, that's the good stuff. All right, Kate, you are the guest. You get to go first. What can you recommend to our listeners?
1: There's two good, uh, wonderful organizations, and we did do the website for them. So uh, one is valorforveterans.us. They support and help fund any veterans who do not have uh, the money for home, shelter, mm. uh, food. They they help pay for groceries. They are a wonderful organization. We just did their website. You can donate online. That's valorforveterans.us. And then another one that we've been working with for many, many years is com, And they help children all over Massachusetts and New Hampshire who have a child with cancer. They give them $5,000, no strings attached. And whatever town that child is in, they will come out and have everyone from the police force come out in kind of full force have them kind of have an afternoon with the police officers and all the fun kind of gadgets and tools that they have and their motorcycles and kind of do a parade. Um, So it's a great organization. They've been doing wonderful things. So that's Cops for Kids with Cancer. Both of them are wonderful, truly giving organizations who really do care. So I've been loving to work with them. Uh, It's been very easy to work with them and they have a great passion.
0: Very cool. This is why she's so good. She's always promoting her clients. I'm not being sarcastic. That's great. Very smart. And they both sound, they both sound like great organizations. Paula, what do you have for us this morning?
2: So my good stuff, my good stuff is related Mm. to summer because Mm. it feels like summer today. So I pulled up this great quote Mm -hmm. from online. It says this, it says, summer means happy times and good sunshine. The quote is by Brian Wilson. We hope he's a real person. I'm assuming he is. We're talking about AI, and now I'm questioning everything uh, no. in the world that I'm I, I see. am going to question everything now.
0: Paula, but, Paula, Brian Wilson was the longtime leader of the Beach Boys.
2: Oh, so there you go. There you go. Dave yeah. is in the know because he has a music show. Yes. Mm. So Dave yeah. is in the know. Yeah. And this, so this says Country Living Magazine, and I have to tell you, the picture is beautiful. It looks like a drone shot of a beautiful ocean it's like crystal blue and you can see the white of the shore and above it the gold of the sand and i mean it's stunning so because our listeners can't see it i just needed to share it with you summer means happy times and good sunshine i like it that's the good stuff good stuff
0: and a robot didn't come up with that for you
2: no it was real okay (laughs) i think people want everything to be authentic so i'm going for authentic Mm mm-hmm
0: all right, but don't make enemies of the robots because they might be our lords one day. I'm just <laughs> might saying. Might be our friends. Right.
2: They need to be our friends. Okay.
0: So I'll recommend a movie that I just saw on HBO. Up, oh, Sorry. It's called Max now, whatever. Mm. And we're talking a little bit about the digital electronics stuff and this is kind of related to that. So this is, the name of the show is Reality, which makes it very hard to search for because you type in if you type in Reality Show... You're not gonna probably not gonna get this. It's about, it's the tale of reality winner. That is her name. I didn't know her story until recently, which is and it's an odd name, but whatever. She was working for the government and accused of stealing some top secret information. I'm gonna play a little bit of the trailer here, reality on HBO. So you get a flavor for her. Here it is. Look, you've had a good career. I don't think you're a big bad master spy. <laughs>
2: I think you just messed up. I think you might have been angry about what's going on.
1: The Russians attacked our democracy and and the the President's campaign made it. it.
0: They didn't
2: attack. Reality. Were you surprised to see us today?
0: We are concerned with the leak. Insider threat.
1: is my partner, what partner, Wally Taylor. Hey, how are you? We have a search warrant for your house. Oh my goodness, okay. Would you like to see it? Yes, please. 125 pounds, you guys. Flatter me. Sorry, I have a sense of humor.
0: That was on your driver's license. That's right. Okay,
1: well, I lied.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, we'll stop it there. So... By the way, your your height and weight isn't on your driver's license, is it? I don't remember that. Anyway, so what's unique about this is it runs about uh, somewhere between ninety minutes and two hours, so it's a, a good good length. But the top, pretty much the entire movie, it depicts the moments after the FBI came to Reality Winner's house to question her about this alleged leak, and the show, if I'm not mistaken, uses the transcript of what was recorded there so that i mean they're the fbi they record everything right so they much it's it's like the whole thing is the is the reading of this transcript now of course they provide some dramatic elements to it which is cool but it actually makes it more stressful knowing that this is exactly what happened to this woman when she got arrested so you guys haven't seen this yet have you no no kind of just came out of it. So it's called Reality on HBO and I do recommend it but you got to go in knowing <clears throat> it's a little slow because it's really based on real life and real life isn't as exciting as the movies but I think that's what kind of gives it its credibility. Anyway, so Kate, thanks so much for joining us. I hope you had fun.
1: Absolutely, thank you.
0: Once again, it's Kate Stallings at katecreativemedia.com and uh, I might just be taking a fresh look at my website because now I think it sucks. But go there anyways, people. Pod617.com is where you go. It doesn't suck. It's pretty good. Right, Paula? Right. <laughs>
2: totally cool.
0: Okay. Thank you. And uh, please do connect with Kate. If you want your own podcast, go to pod617.com to get started on your own show. You could be the next big podcast star and join us here in show business. For Kate and Paula, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Have a great day, everybody. Get out there. Get outside. It's nice.